I'm backing Henry Bolton, basically because I think he's a strong leader. I believe Henry Bolton's a strong leader. If you have a weak leader, or you have a configuration of all these different leaders that are coming back, one leader, another leader, then another leader, one leader, this party could be collapsing in 18 months' time. We don't want this party to collapse in 18 months' time. That's what the establishment is trying to get, this party to collapse in 18 months' time by having loads and loads of leaders. So we need one leader to lead us in a proper way, the way he wants to see fit. Whether he wants to sack the NEC or not, I don't care. I want a strong leader, a leader that's been in the army, a leader that stands up to bureaucrats, and that's it. And this is a euro, a five dollar euro, five euros. This is what I think of five euros. Tears up euro. So I vote against the motion. If we don't have a strong leader, a strong leader, a strong leader, it's all going to collapse. Theresa May is going to back down. They'll back down the Eurocrats and another person, the name of George Soros, he's the person that wants to rule the world. And that's why I'm backing Henry Bolton. The party chairman would like to remind members to give spare euros to the party instead. Hello, welcome to episode 44.2.0 yeah. of We Don't Talk About the Weather, political discussion that to the uninitiated major sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and I'm here with you. Hello. And we're here to talk about this week's news. Yeah, and the last Ooh. one that we recorded, Adam fucked up the levels on because he records and edits it. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I'm so Definitely. terrible at recording and editing. Definitely wasn't my fault. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful. This is technically, yeah, 44.2.0. That's it. You can't say numbers. That's it. Forty-four point two point zero. That's the build. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> um, so we'll see how this one goes. Yeah. This will be um, why? You, why? What was wrong with the levels last time? Um, so we had a couple of drinks and the mic stand broke, so I was having to hold it, and it was all going everywhere. <laughs> um, so I'll fiddle with it. But also, I've had very little sleep, so it's quite hard to edit when you're like dying mm-hmm. and you've got a dog biting your face. <laughs> he does like playing bite the face. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sleep now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we had a we had a whole episode disappear. So mm. there will probably be some stuff in this uh, that we've uh, covered already. Um, you haven't heard that, so it doesn't matter. But it's okay. Um, <laughs> you heard us coming in with one of the speeches from the UKIP. Was it the UKIP AGM? It was the UKIP EGM. It's the oh. Emergency General Meeting to get rid of Henry Bolton. So they they voted to get rid of him and then started making their speeches. I'm gonna, I might budget. put it up underneath the um, episode description, but the live blog from one of the UKIP sites is amazing. It's just a guy going off at the entire party of which he's a member. Yeah, they don't like each other, do they, UKIP? No. Well, they're all suing each other out of existence. So. <laughs> it's because they'll, you know overlooked for a promotion in the army or something like that or some other imagined fucking slight <laughs> the child support regime is tyrannical <laughs> <laughs> um okay so first up this week um the hot topic of this week uh corbin the commie um yeah i don't know if you know but i hear he's left wing yeah <laughs> um and might have some sympathy with left wing causes <laughs> so much so that after speaking with an agent for a country he'll speak out against that country <laughs> but that somehow makes him a spy it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't add up <laughs> where's the smoking gun um so <laughs> there's been a whole kerfuffle this week because a czech intelligence agency defector um jan sarkozy i think his name is yeah jan sarkozy and he seems just as reliable as an awful lot of defectors are yeah you know those ones who say you know they plan to poison thatcher's tea mm. or you know that kind of thing um invented 
Yeah, yeah. This guy um, said that he met um, Jeremy Corbyn and that he was like prepared. He never. I don't think he ever actually said that he was a paid informant. And subsequent and prior investigations into the whole matter um, from the, in Czechoslovakia in uh, the Czech Republic mm. um, actually showed that no, he he couldn't. He he could not have been an informant. Well, they had um, the file on him. The security, like the level of interest, was something like one or something or it was, it was incredibly low which meant that he was like really boring and unimportant they approached every labor mp and a number of tory mps some of whom did take the cash yeah <laughs> um but yeah labor mps as well but um yeah this guy has also claimed that um it was the czech intelligence services that organized live aid sounds about right as a dastardly plot to actually to continue the ethiopian civil war that might have been that might have been a, a good angle um, to give make it so Bob Geldof will never go away and eventually that will drive the West insane. It's worked. It's like <laughs> accelerationism. I, I can't dispute the fact that that kind of worked. Capitalism makes you mentally ill, and do you know what will really accelerate this? A little bit of I don't like Mondays. That makes sense. No, okay, he's not a crank. Yeah, no, he's a saint. (laughs) Risking life and limb from 20 years ago. 30 years ago. 40 years ago? No, it was 86, supposedly, it happened. So, like, about 30, yeah, 32 years ago. Jesus. And it's just just come out now, except it hadn't just come out now because it's been around. But it's been amplified and signal boosted by the worst of the Tories, Brent. Ben Bradley, oh, yeah. noted eugenicist, which apparently we're just going to forget about. Yeah. And nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Because it happened in this country and didn't involve a foreign power. <laughs> Homegrown <laughs> eugenics that you can trust. Yes. It's like the Hovis advert. Just like instead <laughs> of the little kid cycling the bike up, it's like a little kid with gigantic fucking gowns. And literally <laughs> no intelligence whatsoever because that's all been bred out of him. He's just been bred for mighty gams to bump and get up a hill. Are you telling me that when eventually the Tories do set up the camps, yeah. that that Hovis advert music isn't going to be the thing they pipe over on the loudspeakers? Oh, God. It is. <laughs> As they force them to do jumping jacks. Um, that a Tory has never done. <laughs> So yeah, this has gotten like I don't know. I thought it would kind of like die out before the weekend because we talked about it on the the mythical yeah. mythical lost episode. Yeah, um, but they, they they love this kind of shit, especially when it's there's nothing else to talk about. But they've done. No, there hasn't been any other news. But they've so done. But they've done this already. Yeah, but they've done enough, it with the from another uh, angle. I mean, like it's the IRA, yeah. Hamas, Hezbollah, yeah. Iranian hangmen. Yeah. Um, the Soviet Union itself, dead hmm. uh, uh, ISIS, Shari, you know hmm. Sharia law, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why why they think this this tactic is worth trying again. Because if you've already been told for like the last two years that Jeremy Corbyn is like re- reduce it down to its like basis level. That he's a complete threat to your family and everything you hold, mm. everything you hold dear. It doesn't even maybe not even your family, but like whatever you prize, mm. he's against it. That's the ultimate like kind of way they're trying to make people feel. He'll take away your bacon um, sandwiches and your right rent to buy to let house. It's they if they're doing any kind of like yeah research on 
how people are feeling about that. The people who don't who believe that, they believed it the first time anybody they like became aware of Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Well, and piling it on top just makes it seem so much more obviously a smear campaign. Well, I think it's got two reasons. Mm. Two goals. And it might be a bit much saying that these are their explicit goals, but I'll say it anyway. Mm. One of them is the person who is still wavering. Because there are still people who yeah, are sure, wavering. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. To like properly like tip them over the edge. Let's into... say let's say there are people Jeremy Corbyn could reach, definitely, mm. who maybe he hasn't yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um and the, another just another one might work on them. Mm-hmm. The other one is to literally make sure that someone kills him for being a traitor. That's the that's the most disgusting element that's of this. That's what I I can't see how within a month of a guy going to prison who said that he drove a van into like at a mosque because he couldn't find Jeremy Corbyn to kill. Yeah. I I can't see how you can publish stories using words like traitor and things like that without it being in the back of your head that Maybe that. Maybe no man, no problem. As somebody really prominent said, I can't remember who. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could see, I could, well, I could see people being quite a lot of people being quite happy if he just disappeared. Yeah, I don't and put it. Gonna, he's not going to like die of a heart attack because he's got a very healthy vegetarian lifestyle. Yeah, allegedly vegan lifestyle, mm. as I understand. Um, yeah, I can't. It's not like this. You to- it from the Czech spies. Yeah. <laughs> they they put every they were trying to put the West on soy based diets to undermine their masculinity, so the and then they just win because you know <laughs> armies depend on masculinity massively. <laughs> Stalin um, gave him an early copy of Funk Kitchen in the like the nineteen seventies. <laughs> um, it's not exactly out of the ordinary for this. Tory government to kind of employ eliminationist rhetoric when it needs to. Yeah, definitely. Constantly. I do understand that. And the papers even more so. Yeah, them. definitely. And they know exactly what they're going to do. They know the, how easy it is to nudge them in that way. The is Sun it, just loves saying those words. Is it too much to say they've already written his obituary, his eulogy? Oh, probably you know, it's obituary. like, you know, a solid servant of the of Britain and all that kind of shit for when if somebody does try and mm. top him. Mm. Like... But there was something on Twitter, I think it's like Tom Wyman and um, Joe Kennedy have, have written about it before, um, that the idea is to put out so much nonsense, absolutely um, like illogical, like anti-rational nonsense as like this scream because they think that, well, the left very divides very easily mm. and it's a good way of having them fight that. They fight the story rather than Definitely. fighting the Tories on like, Directly, yeah, you know, I can kind of, um, I can kind of get that. Like, they also seem to be taking a weird kind of cue from a lot of the um, uh, ex-Soviet bloc countries, like that have gone really right-wing in the last few years. Mm. So Poland, Hungary, I think uh, Lithuania and Estonia as well. Mm. Um, who they do take that? Like, you think of the Soviet, like everybody in this country kind of most people barely remember the soviet union they barely remember like the cold war the the specifics certainly they remember a vague sense of like moral superiority and moral kind of lessons from history of the soviet union they were aware of the soviet union now as your average fucking libertarian 20 year old is aware of north korea Mm. but they're taking a page right out of that book and it's like uh, Poland has instituted an anti-communist law. Mm. You're not allowed to kind of glorify 
um, symbols of communism. So, like, they've renamed roads and started pulling down statues. You know, 20 years after the Soviet Union collapsed, mm. the USSR collapsed. And it's one of those things where, as, as kind of capitalism and austerity across Europe kind of bite, a lot of these countries are going in one of two directions, which is either a very, very kind of fragile, liberal... Um, neoliberal really um, program where they're just trying to keep enough of the classes along like alongside with their project to keep mm. going see France see Germany mm. um, or they're re- like retreating into right wing populism which is what that kind of thing and you need that enemy interestingly to, interesting to note that Poland in the last month or so has um it's completely unrelated from the anti-communist activity, of course, but they've just resurrected a law about... Um, uh, they've just uh, passed a law, sorry, about um, not naming Poland uh, as... Uh, not, not, not talking about Polish death camps, basically, for the Holocaust. Not um, yeah. in any way involving the Polish nation with any complicity in the Holocaust. Yeah, it's definitely not... It is, that, Ill- um, it is illegal. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's true. It's definitely not that... Um, my wife's family came here from Poland in the 30s, the 20s and 30s. They definitely didn't do that. It's like Polish complicity in the Holocaust, which in Poland was like the, the site of some of the worst of the Holocaust, mm. is well documented. Mm. And I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it is absolutely the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm. It feels like they're toying with these forces mm. that they think we'll just rid them of their short-term problem but you can see where it's going in the long term yeah well they're lucky because at the moment you've got a kind of eternal war if you want it in the middle east yeah like if you want to have a fascist if you want to have your lovely fascist society Mm. you've got your burma war ready it's on the it's been on the boil for years Mm. and you could just take a part um but i think they're they're willing to like even before kind of she lost the election, she was close to going to war with Gibraltar, mm. with Spain over Gibraltar, mm. and to be fair, I'll go to Spain. With, I'll go to war with Spain over Gibraltar. To be honest, that is that, that that's that's where that kind of thing ends up. You say you've got a, a fantastic eternal war mm. far away that you can constantly drumbeat over, but we know how fascist oh, no. societies work. They well, will it will be close to home. Also, it will be within the same country. Also, the fact that you know Europe really hate each other yeah and um and if you'll say anything for especially a european fascist is they're a lazy person yeah and they would much rather go to war with their neighboring country than actually go somewhere else <laughs> and like work with the french yeah even though they'd all want the explicitly the same goals <laughs> but, oh, did you see him refute it today it was like the the eff manufacturers conference yeah, so he was so he was corbyn the um the sensible social democrat today yeah. um kind of saying actually I'd be better for business than be. the Tories would and it's like actually yeah to be honest yeah, yeah he would it's one of the things I don't like about it yeah. about the whole deal not about him yeah. I trust him I think he's I think he's got on the right track but social democracy would be better for British capitalism well, than thing. it knows itself it's literally the only thing that can save capitalism yeah. for the next like 30-40 years is mm. a nice round of social democracy so it doesn't just have to go into fascist purple war yeah because let's see how Dyson likes that. <laughs> oh God, it makes some kind of like bladeless murder machine. It'll look very sleek. It'll be like £700. <laughs> Cleans up the battlefield after you've finished. Yeah. 
So um, harvests necessary uh, trinkets and gold teeth from the <laughs> from the soldiers. Metal detector slash fan slash I don't know incinerator. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. Like yeah, I'm making it in the forest. <laughs> um, but yeah. So how did you refute it? Did you just say oh, yeah? Fuck off. Um, he's like uh, I just paraphrase him, but it was like. Um, Oh, I'm, you know, it's a real shame. I have to refute the like. The, have to like. I'm not even going to answer these like ridiculous accusations. Mm. These crazy accusations, especially from when the Daily Mail got them secondhand from the Sun. <laughs> it's like sick, good. sick burn. Yeah. Even even when that's supposed because that's supposed to embarrass him. That's mm. what they want. They want him to be embarrassed. Mm. And the man is not like he's not going to fail. No, he's not. He's not going to fail on his own. He has proved that. Mm. You, if they want to beat him, they've got to beat him on his own terms. I like the way that they think that they could like embarrass him. The man wears cardigans and makes jam. Mm-hmm. That's a man that's quite hard to embarrass. Yeah, I'm not saying like it's a bad thing that you know he wears cardigans and wears jam, but you know they're the signs of someone who doesn't get embarrassed <laughs> easily. It's. I mean. Uh... I keep referring back to You've seen that red suit. <laughs> I keep referring back to um, uh, episode forty four one point mm. But we were talking like the whole the kind of thing about the episode was that there's a culture war over kind of words and and symbolism mm. because we're in a kind of uh, politics off season. There's not mm. there doesn't have to be an election. There's nothing. Brexit is being kept behind closed doors. Yeah, it's very much the purview of the the British state now, which mm. doesn't like publicising those things. So you're in a kind of culture war where people are fighting over images, they're fighting over words, mm. what words are effective against the other side, which ones aren't. And this is the kind of thing that's coming out mm. at the moment. But I I just don't get the the really sticking to that track of, oh, he's a traitor, he's not like you, when it just hasn't worked. It might be to just remind people like my mother that if any of the stuff I've said to her has even started to work on her, maybe this will like push her back. I think one. I think once you once once you're even slightly appreciative of Corbyn and what he's brought to the political system, mm. I don't think you go back. No. I I don't think you can go back because you just start you you start thinking about it and you start mm. not listening to those papers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So speaking of culture war, mm. um, we're going to talk about Mary Beard. Um. I don't, I'm going to set this up with, I've never liked Mary Beard. No? My daughter really likes her, because my daughter, she does classics, she yeah. loves classics, she wants to do classics a degree. I have raised a Tory without realising it. <laughs> um, or you've raised the best kind of communist. <laughs> she's gonna, she'll lose her mind and like kill everyone. No, that's a thing. The class of the degree that she wants to do, um, the one that she's applied to do at Oxford which is classics and English literature, yep. is a class of ten. <laughs> Fuck's sake, those fucking schools. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so um, I don't like her that much. She's a good historian, but I've been very much aware I of had her this... horrible views for a long time. I liked, I liked what she was doing for a discipline that, like, I did classics at A-level, mm. and I've always had a, like, a... I've always like I've always appreciated like the discipline uh, uh, like I've always liked it and she seemed like a um a a fresh kind not fresh but a decently balanced fair liberal perspective on parts on something <laughs> that can so easily get real conservative and real fash yeah. really quickly yeah um 
I, you know, her, the way that she was popularizing it. I, I quite like that. And yeah. the, and I'd only really paid attention to her because of the, um, she had that argument with um, Paul Joseph Watson, didn't she? <laughs> About whether Romans were white or not. Yeah. Um, and unsurprisingly, compared to Paul Joseph Watson, yeah, she comes across as incredibly progressive. Um, so what she said that she tweeted this weekend. Yeah. Um, of course, one. Co- uh, this is about the Oxfam uh, sexual abuse uh, issue mm. um, controversy. Of course, one can't condone the brackets alleged behaviour of Oxfam staff in Haiti and elsewhere. But I do wonder how hard it must be to sustain civilised, in quote marks, values in a disaster zone. And overall, I still respect those who go in to help out where most of us would not tread. Most of us. Hmm. So, like, there's a few, like, she puts the word civilised in quotation marks. Hmm. But you know the subtext because you live in the first world. Yeah. And you live in a... And in like a, an ex-imperial core country, hmm. so you kind of already know, you know where she, what she means. You know where she means. We're civilized. The actual kind of um, she then she went. Talk she, about Zulu. She's yeah, conjuring up yes. images of Zulu and singing. What well, no? The line well, the thing Zulu. is, she's conjuring up images of Heart of Darkness. Yeah, and of um, I've mentioned it before on the pod. I think um, shooting an elephant by George Orwell. Yeah. So there's this like there's this strain in a lot of literature written around colonialism that yeah. Heart of Darkness is kind of set out as a an anti-imperialist novel because mm. it's somebody who goes up Definitely. the Congo River and sees the brutality of the Belgian regime and comes away with it thinking that empire is a, a bad idea. Yeah. Right? Definitely. In a similar vein, shooting an elephant is George Orwell being set up when he was an imperial policeman in uh in India. He has a, a hunting expedition set up for him. Hmm. So they they just basically, it's a stage-managed hunting thing. So they just shove an elephant out, yeah. they put the gun in his hand, and they tell him to shoot it, right? Yep. These are all usually, on a base level, taken as like anti-imperialist texts. Hmm. But there is a subtext with all of those things where there's a sense that both of those writers, like Conrad and Orwell, are taking it as, I have been corrupted. Yeah. I have gone out to this foreign country, to this um, this colony, and I have been in contact with the brutality that imperialism forces upon other people. Yeah. And with a varying degree of sympathy for the people of colour who are involved in that imperial repression, when I come into contact with that violence, I am corrupted. I'm a European, I'm a non-violent, enlightened European. I'm nice and, and clean in my white linen suit and they've got mud on me. Yes. And that's why I raped that girl. Yes. Yeah. Which is, that—that that is clearly the unwritten subtext of what she's tweeting there. Yeah, it is. And that's why people were like... This is not a new thing either. This has been mm. done in um, subaltern studies and um, uh, other things for, for decades. Mm. This has been This has been covered. I think it wasn't just the original tweet that really fucking annoyed me. It was the um, the way that she was defending her remarks. Mm. Um, she wrote, uh, in responding to the backlash, she wrote, I am amazed that after decades of Lord of the Flies being a GCSE English set textbook, we have not got to the point about the breakdown of morality in danger zones. <laughs> just saying, and this is not to condone the actions of a few aid workers. Hang on. I haven't read Lord of the Flies. I don't remember. It did you not have to do it at GCSE? I did. No. I did um, Inspector Calls. Oh, that sounds much better. It is significantly better. But yeah. it's an, um, isn't Lord of the Flies there just on their own? 
Um, and they like they yeah, turn on each other. Yeah. So it's turning into lit- lit- literature chat, but. Lord of the Flies, the lessons you're supposed to take away from it are that humor, humanity in their base uh, in their base situ- in their base circumstances are all really brutal murderers and killers and uh, without society we just descend to the level of beasts okay. like just killing and raping each other. It's like it's a fine I guess it's a fine thing to introduce like GCSE students mm. to like reading allegory and mm. metaphor and, and things like that. But you get a bit older and it's kind of like it's very situated in a certain like English novelist uh, professor. It's got that kind of like depressive rage Hmm. about it. Like, oh, we're we're all shit. We're no good. I'm no good. Hmm. Which I'm sure like a cleverer person than me could actually kind of cite in the backlash, in the kind of like psychic backlash from being an empire. But that's that's for for another time. Um. What I do, why do they have these like set texts? There's a certain type of liberal commentator who think that it's the, it's the root of um, read some effing Orwell. Yeah. They think that whenever they they mention like 1984 or, or Animal, Animal Farm, Farm or um, what's the other one I had written down here? Um, or yeah, Lord of the Flies, Threads is mm. another one. Um, Douglas Adams, any Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like there's like a set like body of work within the English tradition, usually post-World War II, that is, like, unquestionable. Yeah. And it's like, ah, you see, I've proved my moral point. And it's like, no, you haven't. You just mentioned a book. They're, like, they're not, they're not books I like. They're not books I like, which is, you know, but they are books that aren't right, either. It's amazing. They always they always mention 1984 and Animal Farm. They never mention uh, Down and Out in um, Paris and London. I don't like mentioning that piece of shit, either. I don't like Orwell. Again, it's I don't like Orwell, but yeah. it's it's got its problems. But like they never mention the stuff about being poor and pod potential solutions to being poor and yeah. to poverty generally. Yeah, they definitely. always mention the ones that kind of um where they're persecuted. Yeah. Like definitely. and that's that's always their kind of hmm. their vein. Again, in that kind of like depressive, like everyone shit and oh, they do in like, order to restrain the like the animal instincts of the mob. Well, they, all like, they all like to pretend that they're like um what's his name? Um Smith. Smith in mm-hmm. yeah, they always like to pretend. Uh, that Winston like, Smith. Yeah, they always like to pretend mm. they're like him. When in reality, they're just what's it? Um, what's it Janesh? Thingy, I forgot his name now. Financial Times. Oh, or Jane and Ganesh. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. He he looks so imagine he's like that, like being mm. like, I am, I, I'm standing up against these horrible people who are oppressing me just because they don't like my opinion because I said that water isn't actually wet. <laughs> and they will call me an idiot. How Top dare? rate of tax, uh, I think you'll find, having read some 1984. <laughs> it is. It goes, it goes as far as that. And you use it as a kind of catch-all, like, morality fable that it's just, it's, it's deployment on its own settles all arguments. Yeah. And, like... Those books have been questioned. Those books have been analysed and have their proper place mm. in argument and debate and discourse. But mm. it's just it's just weird to see it like deployed by an like an intelligent woman, mm. but like still deploying those those same tropes to like um, avoid criticism. She's an intelligent woman, but she hasn't actually expanded her views of the world. Mm. And like bringing up like those kind of books shows. Because it's a set text when you're a fucking teenager. Yeah. And she hasn't read anything like that since she was a teenager. She's just been reading pot books about pots and what it tells you about the, the society. That, that is classic, though, isn't it? If you look at a pot, you look at the person on the pot and you say, oh, that person was a dick. That's about it, isn't it? 
I mean, they wrote some books, Hugh. Well, yeah, there is some books as well. <laughs> yeah, there's like about 50 different versions of Medea as well. And that kind of crap. Classics is so fucking worthless. Start a history from 1950. <laughs> or before 400 BC. Yes. Specifically, though. They want to cut out everything in the middle. Runes or Sabbath. Nothing in between. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, in um, this argument developed, um, there were obviously some really mon- like horrific things that were tweeted at her. Mm. Um, but there were a lot of really cogent, well thought out critiques that were not kind of shriek. People were angry, and yet somehow, God knows how. Mm maintained their composure when they were talking about this stuff as she dug herself further and further mm. in. Um, she ended up posting a photo of herself and said she was left sitting here crying. She said, I am not really the nasty colonialist you say I am. I speak from the heart, and of course I may be wrong, but the crap I get in response just isn't on. Really, it isn't. Um, it's... It sounds like my fucking mother. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said she was an actual colonialist. No. Because nobody nobody of her of her station generally is. No. They don't ha- they don't own a colony. No. The nature of imperialism has changed mm. since the kind of the 19th century since since 1945. Mm. And you know from until you know the 60s and 70s and decolonization and stuff like that but it's this idea that it's the it's exactly the same response. I mean, she said colonialist. She meant racist. Mm. I'm not a racist. I can't possibly be a racist. And it's like, there's not one mould of racist where you can immediately identify it. That's no, no. another kind of... But that's the thing that's, um, that's kind of telling, because I bet you in her head she does have an idea of what the racist looks like. Mm. And the racist looks like, that, like, um, looks like a character from This Is England. That's the racist. Yeah. And, this, and that's what this class of people, that's why they allow, like, people like Jacob Rees-Mogg to hang around because that's not in their mind what a racist is. Yeah. Even though those are the racists that do the most damage. But like you can see it gets extreme as well. Like you could see with the who's the woman who talked about um it was a UKIP counselor I think who was talking about she didn't find um she didn't say but black she said black people she didn't say black people I'm saying black people. Mm. Um she didn't find them attractive. And she would never like marry one. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that. I think she said an N, an N, a variation of an N word. Yeah, about I think she it. Probably did, yeah. How? Oh, I don't know how. Is that okay to say? Well, I, don't, I, actually... I, don't, I don't know which of the many slurs you'll find for a black person around Broadstairs. She said, <laughs> but she was. I think she was the one that was on that documentary, and she had like a room full of clowns. Yeah. She had a room full of clowns and a mind full of um, nightmares. But the, the, the best stuff came out after that as well. Like, oh, she's. Uh, it was, this was mentioned as a, uh, in passing in mm. a court case. Mm. And there were so many, like, well, she's clearly not a racist. And mm. it's like, so what does, a ra- what, what does constitute racism? <laughs> we are talking, like, even liberal and conservative commentators mm. and pundits and politicians talk about the need to combat racism. Mm. Exactly what do you have to do to be called a racist? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of the last one that they called a racist. Because they, they, 
They even dance around it with regards to people like Tommy Robinson. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because that's one of the that's one of the they problems with the term do, yeah. Islamophobia. Yeah. Because it gives them a nice little get out as if that's acceptable. Mm. But like and, and going back to Mary Beard, like yeah. all of the kind of the typical people kind of came out and uh defended her. David Aranovich was particularly bad. Um uh pre uh, I'm just uh Priyamvada Gopal. Hmm. Um, was one of the first who came out and said, "Look, what you're saying is a perpetuation of of a colo- of, of a colonialist attitude. Not hmm. that she was a colonialist, but is it like it's a pe- perpetuation of a kind of like uh, a genteel racism." Yeah, I think the so. idea of the, no- the noble white helper who's then besmirched by the surroundings he's tried to save. Yeah, and also kind of calling out the fact that she was cry bullying at the hmm. end, hmm. Um, and just talking about like, ah, oh, quickly surround this fragile white woman mm. who needs protection from the dangerous, like, aggressive people. Mm. And it was... She was also... Mary Beard was going on about, oh, well, you know, of course, uh, Twitter isn't nuanced enough to make my argument. She did. Ha- she does have a Times Literary Supplement blog in which she expanded on her views <laughs> and said exactly the same thing. Yeah. How much nuance does she need? Does she need more? Does she need a bigger blog? She needs to do it on a pot. Yeah. One epic piece of Latin epic, poetry. Epic poetry. Yeah. Um, I did see that there was like there was a whole thing of shutting down women's voices and that kind of crap. Mm. Even though there was, well, I didn't really. The main ones that I noticed were women having a go at her. Yeah. But again, which perpetuates all of this and shows how she is being a bit of a racist. Um, these women didn't count because they were black or Asian women, mm. and therefore they're not the same. They were biased. Well then, well, that's the feeling. It, that's, well, no, that's, that's the, the thing feeling. That's like, perpetuated. Yeah. a woman's voice. Then they're, they're not women. It's that thing that happens over and over again. They didn't. They, they constantly ignore the is, women of color because they're not the same as a nice yeah. white old woman who looks kind of like a nice yeah. friendly. Oh, man. she's sweet, not like that radical who's dangerous. Yeah, she's you a, know what I mean. She's a sweet, friendly old woman with her parts, and that really fucking bugs me. That's happened mm. a few times, mm. and I haven't had one particular thing to hang it on for like the podcast yet or yeah. anything, but. Um, this whole idea that by asking people to explain themselves and talk more, <laughs> you're suddenly shutting down free speech. Mm. It's like they were doing the exact opposite of silencing someone. No, I li- they were asking her to talk more. No, I literally remember um, what would happen is the Stasi would go into a place and say, go on. <laughs> <laughs> you suddenly hear from the wall, it's like, <laughs> Expand on that point. (laughs) (laughs) There might be something interesting here, but it seems suspect. Go on. (laughs) Flesh it out. (laughs) It's an incomplete thought. (laughs) C (laughs) minus. Monsters, one and all. Yeah, and I mean the the the, the 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 root kind of problem of this is the idea of weeping any fucking tears right. over people who went into a war zone mm-hmm. and paid and and traded food to sleep with underage prostitutes. Mm. Like that's obviously and the rage-inducing bit of this, and, and then used violence to shut down. Yeah, and use violence and institutional power to to shut that down. Mm. Yeah, it was like um the, the the fact that they were coming to kind of devour this like uh, nice old white woman like Tom Holland who's a historian on Twitter who mm. is dreadful mm-hmm. he's the worst piece of shit imaginable he somehow still has a career as does Mary Beard <laughs> um, when um, uh, 
Professor Gopal was um, responding to uh, what Mary Beard had said. Um, he was tweeting things like, I see that the revolution is coming to devour its children with the idea that Mary Beard the radical hmm. was somehow like not radical and now the other radicals were coming for her not being radical enough. Hmm. <laughs> and somebody, what was it they were saying? Um, and somebody pointed out, you know, um, they're, they're not being more extreme. They're not being racist. They're holding her to account. Hmm. They're asking her to explain what she meant and pointing out where she's wrong and where she might hold imperialist and racist attitudes and it might be you know it's subtle and gen and yeah genteel racism and all that kind of stuff um and he just responds ah as robe and as robespierre might have said to danton just like ignoring what they were saying and like being the smuggest cunt imaginable <laughs> as someone who has a lot of time for Robespierre, <laughs> i think what robespierre meant to say was get in the fucking sack you piece of shit <laughs> Oh, fucking bellend. What is it with fucking historians? They're all f- There's so many of them Mo- such trash. Mo- no, no, no. Well, no the, the ones, no, the, one, the most successful them. ones yeah. are all shit because they have that ability to, um, they have to weave these grand narratives and mm. most of the time they find out that their training in very specific fields mm. isn't enough. Mm. So they have to substitute it for the popular politics of the day. Mm. Neil Ferguson might be an exception, but you see it was like Simon Sharma and people like that. They just, oh, no, everything's like they just import. They, <laughs> everything. <laughs> they, oh no, no, that's uh, Starkey. Oh, that's again, a, yeah, again, a, Starkey, yeah. Starkey's a loon. Yeah. Neil Ferguson is straight up an evil person, an evil, yes. like amoral person. Yes, he is. Um, but yeah, like Simon Chalmers, not evil or amoral. He just has a load of gaps to fill because mm. he's a popular historian. Mm. I've no problem with popular history, but that's that's the way that whole thing works. So they come across being really like glib mm. somehow, uh, to me anyway. Mm. They come it in. is funny what, um, watching, like um, James O'Brien was doing it today, defending Mary Beard as um, a great intellectual luminary. And it's like, I'm sure she is very smart and she's very good, but she is a pot critic. I'm going to keep on bringing up. She's a pot critic. So I don't need to know her opinion on anything, especially as soon as she retweets Julie Bindle. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, she's yeah. Uh She signed that uh, letter, her and Peter Tatchell. Yeah, that's um, the two did that pot and poetry. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> pot and arresting um, Mugabe. <laughs> Those are the two genders. <laughs> um... Yeah, there, there's a there's an institutional thing there. Like she's oh she's this well respected academic, mm. and it's like how dare you? And it's like of course you dare. That's the whole fucking. How point. dare you talk back to teacher? It's this oh it's this creeping like as with the kind of unquestioned uh, esteem given to those set texts we mentioned earlier on. Mm. The kind of unquestioning like she has status. Mm. That's the most poisonous attitude to have when you're trying to have that kind of like back and forth conversation, mm. that discourse. It's disgusting. I fucking hate it so but much. don't you understand? She is incredibly smart because she's had the same job for decades. <laughs> Therefore, she knows a lot about everything because she's sat in one room for like 30 years. Let me tell you, it's a big room. Empty. <laughs> well, uh, you, yeah. I mean, that's actually kind of the point that yeah. um, Professor uh, Gopal was going on about. It's like, mm. yeah, you go into these places and you think, oh, this is the, like the best minds and like this is going to be awesome. And then you get the little microaggressions or, mm. you know, people taking the piss out of the way you talk mm. or not bothering to learn your the proper way to say your name. Mm. You know, it's mm. 
it's 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 really fucking terrible. I I just everything about it was so so poisonous and so like fucking Aranovich. But it all went oh. it all went in the exact same way that you knew it would. Like mm. as soon as she said it, I could have predicted everything that happened right up to the cry bullying. Well, no, I mean the, with these things, I'm trying to like because we've 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 been at ground zero for quite a few of these Twitter Twitter mm. spats and Twitter mm. meltdowns. Um, throughout the last few years and you're starting to develop a pattern it all depends on the person who made the original claim mm. like her if she just carries on um she will get her and tries to defend her point when it's an obviously racist point to begin with mm. she will get herself into more shit you don't mm. dig yourself out no. by defending something that is unquestionably uh, displays that kind of attitude mm. you don't like you you don't go back from it you can't mm defend it you can just like get to a certain point run out of energy and then shut down yeah which then allows everybody else to come in like um aranovich um tweeted uh, um uh professor gopal i'm not impressed with your claims to victimhood to me you're a privileged oxbridge academic shiving a colleague because to them that's what that's all it is that's oh it's just internecine like academic squabbles you know yeah Fucking oh, what a piece of shit! That's a class of people that we could do without. Yeah, but yeah, you are right. It does have a kind of depressing logic to it, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. super grim. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's next? Yeah. So um, further on from uh, Mary Beard, kind of related. Um, we're going to talk about universities. Oh yeah. Um, Theresa May's big thing this week was she talked about how unaffordable university degrees have become. Yeah. Uh, slightly rebuked universities for charging the full fee that she instituted. Yep. And how could they have possibly known? I remember when they announced that they were going to do those fucking fees and said, "Well, the maximum will be nine thousand. Yeah. But I'm sure only the top tier universities are charged nine thousand. We regret to inform you, Warwick is charging nine thousand. <laughs> and this is like, well, fucking, of course they were, it's because vice chancellors don't hate money. <laughs> They like money. And it's just an absolute coincidence that they happen to withdraw exactly £9,000 from the <laughs> subsidy that each student gets. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but yeah, so after, what, eight years of her, of her watching this, she decided to have a year-long um, investigation into it and what to do. She's criticising the system she helped set up without promising any extra money. Mm. <laughs> That's also surprising. You were talking about the Corbyn commie thing earlier, how nothing's really changed, how they're still trying to, to stick in with that whole like traitor to Britain thing. Mm. She hasn't changed either. Oh no, she's exactly the same as she. She's she's she is she is a very dense person. She doesn't change. She is unmoving. She's like a, a rusty, broken weather vane that does not lo- no longer moves with the wind and does, is slightly racist. <laughs> so the idea of a slightly racist weather vane, <laughs> like an old Robinson's one, always pointing east <laughs> <laughs> to Barbarossa. Um, <laughs> staggeringly, bafflingly consistent. Mm, mm. Um, so it's there's a problem with thing. Yeah. The problem is we're underfunding it. Yeah. We're not going to actually fund it. Nope. We are going to look into it. In the meantime, here's a load of vocational qualifications. So uh, she continued her thing of, she said, those who benefit from higher education should bear its costs and that it would be unfair to place it on society as a whole because many people did not go to university and generally earn less. This is her, I've realised, I've kind of had a like 
idea about it for a while, but this kind of like confirms it. Her consistent thing. You're looking for a thing that you know Cameron had his kind of um, his particular like uh, compassionate, ca- compassionate conservatism. Yeah, Cameroonism. Mm. Um, John Major had Back to Basics. <laughs> Tony Blair had you know It's a New Dawn, isn't it? Comrades, whatever. Um, she has this idea that out there there is the real people. Mm. Somewhere out there. She never meets them. No uh-huh. one ever does. No. She, but she knows what they need. Mm. She knows what they want. Mm. And on the other hand, there's a load of kind of elites mm. who want all of that stuff for themselves. And if you, ever, if you ever reward the people who she doesn't like, the normal people, they suffer. Yeah. It's this constant dividing people mm. into... Into, into those groups. She's still you know? working on the notion that there is like kind of Mondeo man whose son wants to be like a carpenter or something like that. Yeah. And that world doesn't really exist. Well, she's, appe- done for a long time. she's appealing to a latent anti-intellectualism as well yeah. because it's oh, the, been pushing the, I, the idea long. that um, if a working class kid wants to go and do philosophy, hmm. um, that somehow the you know the builder in Plymouth hmm. shouldn't have to subsidize it well it's um and it's like well what if the builder's son wants to go to what if the bar work what if the hairdresser's daughter wants to go and do that thing because that's that's not something that they want because no. the real people they don't go in for that they don't go in for those fancy degrees that don't have a job when they it's come like out of it the lovely thing is a tweet of Helen Lewis's a while ago yeah um, with, with regards to Corbyn saying that there's a poet, a painting, a novel, a play in all of us. Oh God! And I she says, that. "Don't encourage them, Jeremy." And that it's that dude. That Implicitly back. saying, "No, no, 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 no. This is for me. You don't yeah. understand. I've trained for this. This mm. is mine. Mm. You don't. You wouldn't like it even if you had it. I'm the one who's allowed to have an opinion on the part. You're not allowed to understand <laughs> the part because you haven't done classics. I understand coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like." what you think you like. You can't learn. You can't improve. You could never, ever get up to this level. It's this guy. I really fucking hate it. Mm, mm. Um, I saw the speech she did make up a couple of things that don't exist. Yeah. Like um, the notion of the middle class, the daughter of a middle class family. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to go to university. She just wants to be a coder. But she can't because she's pressured into going to university. So... And doing computer science. Yeah, exactly. She, but in her head, like this girl wanted to not go to university. She just wanted to get on with work and coding. Has she possibly got her frame of reference correct in that there's a lot of middle class families, what we would call traditionally middle class, who can't afford to send their kids to uni, especially if they have more than one. Mm-hmm. I, how fucking far out of it do you have to be to have not done the sums on these typical families that mm. she talks about? Well, it's um because. They want to reduce the amount of degrees and they want to reduce the time on some degrees. They want some degrees to be That like was a, a plan year. a little while ago to yeah. reduce... Well, that's, that was one of the things she Reduce bachelor's so degrees like, down to two years. Yeah, well, some of them to be like a year even. And it's that thing of... In theory, a degree is a unified standard. Yeah. It ain't. Yeah. But in theory, it is. And yeah. if you have start having ones that are a year long, then it's going to completely you know, change the notion of what a yeah. degree is worth. And you'll just say, it's just another fucking tinkering around the edges bullshit. The, the Tory, that's all the Tories have. Well, I mean, she's, she's a, a typical kind of neoliberal in that she 
she keeps going on about tying employment yeah. to um, university degrees as well. Yeah. And I mean, I don't actually think, because like the degree I did, mm. it, I did a, a history at BA and um, international economic history at MA, mm. right? I wanted to go into academia, but kind of got a taste of it when I was doing my MA and just like could not, I, I couldn't have afforded to live. Mm. Um, it's one of the most casualized sectors in the UK after catering. <laughs> um, and I just saw like the other professors who were on like one year, ten years in say Leicester, and then for the next year would move to Exeter, mm. and then for the next year would move to Aberystwyth, mm. and co- that's if they even got a job. Yeah, yeah. you know. So I couldn't really having like that having like gone through a period of poverty anyway. I couldn't mm. really ask my partner to just keep upping sticks and yeah. keep getting more poor yeah just to do something that I, I i i want i thought i wanted to do but kind of was less in love with than when i started yeah um being poor for a long time will make you fall out of love with a lot of things yeah i was work. yeah yeah um the idea that somehow because like the road to university starts at 14, doesn't it? Hmm. You choose the GCSEs you want to do. You choose the A-level you want to do. And if you, haven't, if you don't have the right combination of A-levels mm. at that point, they're less likely to let you onto that course at university. If you have a massive, if you have a massive change when you're 16... Yeah, I'd say that the road it it's doesn't not really start at 14 anymore because no? you don't really have as much choice in GCSEs. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we had a... Bit, but well, we had Lily sections didn't. of like we could choose what kind of technology and what two sciences to do. Yeah, well, um, if we were doing there was like the history, sciences. economics. Uh, yeah, you had that, you had the grab bag of history, economics, geography, and um, stuff classics, like that. Think, maybe no, we didn't have a GCSE in classics. Uh, no, no, no. But um, Lily had less choice than mm. that, especially since maths has been upped. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you start to get choice around A level now. So that's really starting to move here. It's still really like stressful yes yeah um it was very stressful for like trying yeah. to choose like the four things to then which i think is just down to three now yeah um to like and i have to do these things hmm. these things have to do well and they, they have to choose three things that will leave it open for me to change my mind when i'm 18 yeah yeah which even that's insane because um she has to get her applications in so yeah for university. oh god and the, the idea that somehow that's going to easily translate into employability, because that's what they want. They want the spreadsheet to link up. They yeah. want the two columns in the spreadsheet to link up. It's like we need 10% of people to train in math so that they can do this, 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 and this job. Well, they want people, and they want it to link up. They don't want people to do any um, humanities subjects. There's also that element. Uh, I wanted to actually yeah, to well, talk about that. Like, my wife did a degree which they would obviously despise and want to get rid of because she did um, yeah. thingy, um Shit, critical theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. That's useless. It's, but you need Even it. though she's the highest earner out of everyone we do. <laughs> but it wasn't directly because of what she learned at university, was it? It was because of the hard work that she put in after that. Well, yeah, but because like, of, it was because of but that. But it was because of, it, spir- yeah. it spiraled university, out and you... University, te- um, well, I wouldn't know because I didn't go to university, but from what I see... Hmm. You learn things as well as the thing that you are studying. Hmm. You study something to a high degree to show that you are capable of learning something and interpreting something, and it encourages you to do other stuff as well. Yeah, the, but they don't want that. They want you to do engineering. Um, I mean, there's a there's a kind of because that's the that's the in the neoliberal parties they go to hmm. huge neoliberal parties in Davos. 
Um, that's the kind of thing that All gets... The the, yeah. <laughs> um, those are the kind of things that they can kind of look proud about. Those mm. are the things that, that really sell. It's STEM like grads. It's STEM grads. It's you're developing chemical weapons mm. or you're developing drone software. Mm. You know, those kind of things. They're, they consider those the big money things yeah. separate from any analysis about like designing cluster bombs or apps to find unexploded ordnance <laughs> yeah <laughs> after they've fallen and failed to explode <laughs> yes um with the kind their kind of attitude to the humanities it's definitely a long-term tory thing well they've always despised them do you remember i think you were talking about um when mike pence went to see um hamilton and they gave him a load of shit yeah and people gave Trump voters gave ha- uh, the cast of Hamilton a load of shit and you mm. were like why are they like they're saying oh it's a nest of, of anti-Trump voters and mm. liberals and things and we need to like sort it out mm. and you were like kind of well yeah because it's the last place they had to run to Yeah, do you know what I mean within yeah. within the arts and within kind of the creative arts that, those were the last places those theatre kids could run to and I feel the same way about the humanities mm. it's like you look at 30, 40 years ago, you did have kind of left-wing thought going on in local councils, yeah. in boroughs, in, you know, not everywhere. I'm not, like, painting this rosy picture of, like, mm. a communist 70s or anything. Mm. But you did have a more significant kind of progressive thought across society, much more progressive than it would have been now. Yeah. And they retreated to the universities with the coming of kind of Reagan and, and Thatcherism. Mm. And... I really, it really fucking annoys me because aside from anything, it's like, oh, you're trying to end the game. Like mm. the whole game of like their class war, their ideological warfare was to drive um, like socialists and, and left wingers out of positions of authority mm. so that they could implement their own particular programs. And they, most remaining kind of prominent left wingers end up in or around university education. Mm. And whenever they come for, and you know, largely in the humanities and geography and economics and and history and things like that. And whenever they talk about like uh, hitting at the humanities, Mm. it kind of hits me a bit in my heart because it's like, you're trying to end the game. The game, you fucking won. They were all in, like they were, they didn't even make up the majority of academia by Mm. the time I was at university. (laughs) And you're then trying to round up the remaining old Marxists. The last few. We'll see how long they can survive when their degree lasts for six months. Yeah. And they're only allowed to take five students a year. Oh, and they're in massive financial crises unless they're in the Russell Group universities. Mm. And it just really annoys me because it's always like, no, no, you should be satisfied with what you have. Mm. You know, you're trying to win the game. There's a, I know it's not a game and it should be taken seriously and it's also not, and it's also not entirely true, Mm. but it is, yeah, you're right. It's how they see it. And it it just annoys me. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. they can't put a monetary price on humanities, no. so it's worthless to them. Mm. Although weirdly, it's like it was a weird thing because like watch the Baftas mm. and um, thingy bloke who did Alien and Blade Runner uh, and did a lot of shit. Um, yeah, Ridley Scott. Mm. Um, he spoke quite nicely about school and yeah. how great schooling is. Um, mm. One of the things our film and TV industry is a big money maker at the moment. Yeah, I mean, and there's it's, it's insane, like the way that they act. Like it's um, a thing that drives my wife insane all the time. Um, denigrating of media studies. Yes, yeah, the big the boogeyman of yeah. subjects. Yeah, it was especially when we were doing our GCSEs. That was yeah, like a pre- from pretty sad. 
that might have been when it started or when I first noticed it. Yeah. Of people like, oh yeah, media studies, what's that going to teach you? And it's like, well, teach you to critically analyze your fucking news reports so you don't think that Corbyn <laughs> is a fucking spy. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, on their, if you're arguing on their terms, it teaches you to be in an industry that's like a massive multi billion pound moneymaker. Mm. Yeah. Uh, like, what are you. And it's also poorly eugenized and it doesn't rely on you sitting in a specific country and you can offshore a lot of it. <laughs> they should love it. <laughs> It's just that Tories are terrible at writing anything entertaining. <laughs> Apart from Yes Minister. Yeah. That was quite, that was quite good. But there were Tories writing that one. Uh, yeah, it was a, one of the early neoliberals, Anthony mm. Jay. Mm. Very big fan of... Uh, Th- he introduced a, like a Thatcher-esque character in the Yes Prime Minister oh, like, follow-on series. Um, yeah, watch that again. Like, if, if you, you guys out there, if you've like watched Yes Minister... and like It is funny. It's very, very funny. Um, and very, like true and very real to life you watch it with like the the eye of like knowing what neoliberalism was going to do it's really telling it's that all they're talking about is like cutting spending and cutting bureaucracy and cutting bureaucrats and Mm. giving power back to um local councils Mm. and it's like yeah yeah that's Mm. what you did Mm. look what happened (laughs) um yeah, so, I mean, on the economics of, like, university, you're about to send... I say about to send. You're going to be sending Lily off to university pretty soon. Yeah, I'm going to um, go around to looking at some of them. Like, how is that? How are you managing that? Like, is it just... Because well, you have well, to help her? The thing is, we're, really, we're lucky. Mm. We're very lucky because... Um, well, I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was foresight. Mm. Perhaps the rest of you lazy people should have married someone who inherited enough money to buy their first property before they were 18. Um, oh, you're what that series of Guardian columns is about. <laughs> right, yeah. I get it. Um, but yeah, because of that, because of ballooning fucking house prices, mm. if Corbyn gets into power, mm. aces. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be free. But if he doesn't, we'll have to just take out loans. We'll have to take out loads because I'll be damned if um if, if my poor daughter is starting a life with a degree in fucking classics and English literature <laughs> saddled with fifty grand worth of debt because what's that gonna fucking do apart from make her want to hang herself? <laughs> so you know I hate that like that she she constantly talks about May uh, Theresa May talks about um oh linking um the extra money you get from your uh, educa- like your university degree mm. will allow you a higher paid job and therefore it's only fair you should pay back into the system. Mm. And it's like, they're already paying mm-hmm. like income tax. Mm. And also, when you designed this system, you privatised the student loan company. <laughs> the student loan company, I have a student loan that I am paying back absurdly slowly mm. um, due to being in minimum wage for most of my working career. <laughs> And, but because of your your master's degree, um, well, in I say, economic history, yeah. you know exactly why circumstances are constructed. Yes. I mean, you can only work in a minimum wage job. Actually, that's actually fake, isn't it? Because of course, I'm not paying it back if I mm. <laughs> earn a minimum wage job. But you know, that means I just have more debt that's hanging over me. Yeah. Um, I don't think it, the paying back into the system is paying a four grand loan every time they ask for a change of address and you don't respond quickly enough. Yeah. I don't think it's selling on a debt uh, that your student loan to fucking private debt companies, um, which has happened. Well, the thing that happened with Holly, like Holly's one's been paid off now, mm. and the reason that got paid off is when we were really broke. <sighs> yeah. Really broke. Um, it was being one company was asking for money every month. Yeah. Then. They split the loan up. 
sold it to two, and then two different companies had it. How is that both, not fucking illegal? I don't, I don't know. That's crazy. And we managed to just about scrape by. Hmm. And we just about survived because also that whole, you know, when you're, you know, you pay back when you're earning enough. Yeah. That doesn't work really well when you're self-employed. Yeah. And, you know, you have the thing of, oh, well, you earned 18000 last year. And they just assume that next year you're going to earn 25000 Yeah. And then they ask for the money, like, required monies because of that. Oh, it's fucking horrible. But, um, yeah, with Lily, it'll be taking out debts, taking out loans. That's yeah. what um, it'll, it'll just move the loan on to us because we'll be able to deal with it. We're quite lucky as well because we're young parents. Yeah, yeah, sure. And we've just paid off um, Holly's student loan, yeah, so maybe yeah. that's what we do. We just always have a student loan to pay. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. it was designed, like, it's like all those things, it's... The the ultimate principle is you have to be able to make money out of it. You have to be able to yeah. um, let insurance companies or or, or pri- uh, like finance mm. into your life. Mm. You have to let it into every arena so it can cream off some of the. Or just accept that because you did a degree in Norse literature, you should always be on minimum wage. Yeah, <laughs> that's like literally the point of it. It's it's disgusting, horrible. Um, but yeah, there'll, there'll be there'll probably be um, episodes coming up with me laughing about the absurd things that you have to do to apply to certain universities. Like Oxford is, it's like a week long interview process uh-huh. where she has to go stay there. Wow, that's fucking horrible and weird. They're so old fashioned, bizarre. Not the reading. Do they like monitor? Like you have to stay there overnight. Is that because they want to monitor your sleeping yeah, patterns? Multiple interviews over a couple of days. God. But um, and the Bible's on the reading list. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bullshit. But yeah, it'll, um, it'll be fun. It'll be weird to see if um, if this review actually comes out or if there's an election before that. Well, no, it'll, I think it will come out, but it'll be like all of their other reviews. If it's if it's independent enough, they'll say, "Oh God, what are you doing? This yeah. is insane." There's a really, really easy, cheap way of doing this, mm. which is to fucking nationalize it and state fund it, like it was literally twenty years ago, mm. or. It will just be buried, or they'll get like I don't know the Institute of Policy Studies or someone to do it, mm. and they'll recommend more free markets. Mm. Like she was, she was all but admitting that the market in higher education had failed, and it's like it's because it's not a market. Mm. No, it's not. It's a, it's this thing that these supposed economic geniuses—they don't seem to be able to recognize a fucking market mm. when they see one. Um, it's not fucking Pokemon cards. Yeah, or there'll just be a preponderance of. Um, uh, uh, like like um, flyband colleges set up, yeah. which has already started to happen. You mm. know, like um, University of Cardiff, I think, was giving out um, accreditations to really really dodgy places. I saw that thing with the um, with um, Oxbridge universities. Just um, after you'd done your degree, after a couple of years, you could pay like two hundred quid, and they'll just give you a master's because it was just tradition, and no one had, no one had noticed for years. <laughs> They've been going on for ages. <laughs> Look I... at your face. I had to pay... <laughs> and do something for a master's. You didn't just get given one for free and didn't do any studying because you didn't, didn't do any studying. I had a cheap master's. I was the last person left on the course. I did it over like three years. I had to take a year out because I was working full-time at the same time. I know what you were doing when you were, working, when you were supposedly working full-time. You were printing off Necromunda rule books of boots. No, I wasn't studying at that point. Oh, were you? No, I was actually working. Oh, right. Full time, while I was finishing the masters. Yeah, we'll see. Um, 
I ended up like, yeah, I I had to defer, like I just had to dot like like any like any debt collector. Yeah, I had to just fucking dodge them mm. until I had the money. Mm. <laughs> and like you, like your basic thing is you want to like I assume Tories want a functioning society somewhere deep in their hearts. No, maybe no, no. Uh, there's no evidence to suggest that they do, but like. All of this is part of like a functioning civilization mm. in a really weird, big, abstract sense. Like mm. they want a civilization, they just don't want to pay for it. Yeah, it's always been a fucking case. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it wasn't always the case. Like you, no, in the in the nineteenth century, they had this idea that they were like world builders. They were, you know, they were social. They were <laughs> wrenching society up from the. You got too many people like things, Dan Hannon you know? telling horror stories about socialists stealing daddy's farm. And saying, wouldn't it be great if we were like Singapore? That's, and, they've, and they've like broken all their brains because none of them have done any kind of any anything that would involve any slight amount of critical analysis of any facts. They all say things. The fact that you've got people with like who are supposedly in finance, like Jacob Rees-Mogg, will say things like Laffer Curve, and it's like you know that's bullshit. <laughs> but it, that's um, that's dogma in um, yeah. in those circles. I know, but it is bullshit, yeah. hmm. and it's. Like, I'm pretty certain every copy of the Laffer Curve has an asterisk that Sorry. says it's bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, I've just got the image of, like, Dan Hannon's family farm. 10,000 Adorno students <laughs> armed with AKs riding over the hill. <laughs> Forcing him at gunpoint to read Minimum Moralia. <laughs> All his family's so depressed they just killed themselves. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I remember when Marxist students... <laughs> Inspired all my family's cows to commit suicide. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's grim. But yeah, it's another chapter in their in their flailing and their just ideological deadness. Mm. They are done. They are at the end of their tether. All they can do is hope to repeat this pattern, these patterns, over and over again, mm. and. You can't rely on civil society because civil society are the same Aranoviches who, you know, um, are just happy ploughing their particular furrow yeah. and just like dampening any kind of enthusiasm or or ha- like any ideas for something different or new. So, fuck them. Like, yeah, I'm like. It's pretty po- like the. I think the rest of everything is pretty positive. People mm. seem to be thinking a lot more. There's a lot more kind of alternatives, mm. alternative kind of institutions and, and bases of power that are, are are kind of starting to come up with the rise of Corbynism. Mm. That like I'm way more positive about it, and it's way it's way less. De- I think like a year ago, stuff like this, it's just naturally kind of depressing, and we'd mm. be screaming and crying. But it's a bit more positive now because you do have these. People are, are feeling a bit bolder. Leftists, so and leftists and socialists don't feel so alone. They don't feel like they're starting to feel their oats a little bit. And mm. I don't know. Mm. It come maybe maybe it comes out of it. You know. Mm. Anyway. Speaking of not feeling alone, yeah. As we go, as we leave today, um, there is a protest going on on Saturday in Walthamstow on Saturday, twenty fourth yes. of February. Yep. About these tower blocks, and it's from one o'clock. Outside Selborne Walk, there'll be lots of shit there, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I didn't realise is one of the towers is going to be bigger than Centrepoint. Fuck. Centrepoint, which has never been filled in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 
So you know. Yeah, if you're if you're in the area, if you're anywhere near, come down to what was it, Walthamstow Town Centre. Um, yeah, in front of Selborne. In front of Selborne. Yeah, it's right outside the tube station. Bus station. Yeah. Yeah, come on down and help protect. But like, for God's sake, help protect one of the small bits of green spaces around. In one of the few nice spaces to be in a built-up area, Mm. and also the giant telly, which I like the giant telly. Um, and I'm hoping that the SWP will be down there so I can <laughs> sign Google Comrade Delta on every single page. That's pretty much the only reason you turn up to protests. It is the only reason. That <laughs> and to buy copies of uh, Malcolm X books off the Lone Sparses. <laughs> there's one guy. <laughs> there's always a yeah. Sparses. And there's always a Malcolm X book. <laughs> You've got to keep him in Rolling Bucky. <laughs> rolling Bucky Cider and Dogs. <laughs> Yeah, that's us oh, for yeah. week. That's us for this week. Um, uh, you can subscribe to us at W... DT. Hey, well, hold on. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast. You can follow me at BM Bergamo and follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Yeah. Um, um, and we're going to leave you this week with the second one of the other speakers at the uh, UKIP EGM this week, <laughs> uh, which is somebody defending Henry Bolton's relationship with his wife, yeah. with his uh, bit on the side of his wife. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, those cunning, cunning women. <laughs> yeah. All right, bye. Bye. Greetings everybody, I'm from Fanet and I'm from Newcastle. My first wife was a very young lady and she was much younger than me and she was very nice. My second wife was considerably younger than me and she was a little bit feisty. My present wife, I would say she's cunning. She is much, 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 much younger than me. Now then, what happened was that I went to a conservative function with my second wife who decided to wear a see-through catsuit. The result was that I was ostracised. She was ostracised and it took me some while to get back into my position with the council. I suspect that this is something like the situation we have at the moment. We all make mistakes, especially with wives. Alright, okay. The NEC, I'm afraid, is very dysfunctional. Henry decided there would be changes, and so they looked for a few red herrings to bash him with. And that they did.